WILI, AM 1400, right here in the house. Also 95.3 Digital FM. And we're also on YouTube. You might be watching us there. The radio station has a YouTube channel with all of our 5 to 6 p.m. shows with their own playlists. So in case you miss a live broadcast, you can catch us anytime on the Internet on YouTube. And that's a way for our guests to get links to the show so they can also share their story with people in their networks as well to help publicize all the good work happening here in our community. Our program this week will be in two parts. For the second half, we're going to look at the arts at Eastern. They're very active once again with a new performance coming up of the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. It's going to open on April 20th, a great show up at the Arts Center up there. We'll have people here from the cast and the director as well for the second half. And right now, we're going to look at the town of Mansfield and the whole area here with the Repair Cafe, a seasonal celebration of recycling and going through your house, going through the attic and the garage and taking things you might otherwise throw out to be repaired and reused. And we have two people very involved in this local movement. The next Repair Cafe is coming up very soon in April. So uh, to my right, we have Rita Kornblum with us. She's been a, a longtime volunteer with the Repair Cafe for many years. Rita, it's good to have you back in the studio. Thank you. Thank you very much. And also next to Rita, we have Virginia Walton. She's the recycling coordinator for the town of Mansfield. She's been working there for 30 years, but for many years, she coordinates these repair cafes four times a year uh, with the seasons. So, Ginny, it's good to have you back in the house, too. Nice to be here. So I know you brought a lot of good stuff to share, but let's start with the cafe, first of all, the date and the time, and for people that are still learning what the Repair Cafe is all about. So the yeah. date and time is April 8th from 10 to 2. It's at the stores, not stores, Willowantic Congregational Church right. in their fellowship hall. Um, the address is... Right on Valley Street there. Yeah, it's, it's diagonally across from the Covenant Soup Kitchen, directly across from Willard's. Right. And um, we have somebody there this time that's going to be repairing books, which is great. She usually cannot make it, but she'll be there. So any well-loved books that are falling apart, bring them to this repair cafe. Thank you, Sandy Rosado. Very nice. Yes. There's a whole team, though, that's been there for years fixing. Can you run through the kind of things people sure. often throw away that they don't have to anymore? Sure. Well, we get a lot of lamps. So there's, yeah. there's some awesome lamp repairers at the Repair Cafe, and we um, get things like clocks and stereos and vacuum cleaners and sewing machines and bikes and um, furniture, chair. You know, you have to be able to carry these things in. So That's you right. can't bring in a sofa to be yeah, repaired. There's no crane around to help you load up the big <laughs> no. stuff. But, you know, bring in a, a dining room chair that's fallen apart. It can be re-glued, potentially. Yeah. Um, we get clothing that's brought in. Lots of mending, that's Lots sure. and lots of mending or yeah. alterations. So um, we have seamstresses on hand to do that. And because the second part of the name, cafe, we have food there. So you can nosh on food while you're waiting your turn. Right. Yeah. And the best thing, that is all free. A yes, lot of is. people, they bring things to be fixed, and they say, how much is it? And when we say, this is free, they say, oh, my God. And I said, we always accept contributions to pay for the haul, to pay for the right, goodies that are brought. Correct. Right. But, you know, Jen, uh, Jenny and I were talking the other day, 
the atmosphere is a complete atmosphere of cooperation. It's people helping people. And it's such a nice feeling to be there and to have folks that dedicate hours of their Saturday because they're always on a Saturday. That's right. And they do things just for the goodness of their hearts, you know. Um, we have someone who does the, um, the knives, you know. Knife sharpening. Yeah. And uh, he just... Uh, bought some new uh, equipment to be able to do this and he takes such pride in doing it for people it's just really really lovely to see how folks are there to um, help one another and uh, these days this is kind of a rare event you know people helping one another yeah. so uh, I, I love being there you know it's just such a charge and I just, you know, I'm usually, when I'm the only one coordinated, I'm the, the first person that they see because we need to pretty much uh, arrange things so nobody jumps ahead. So when people come in, they, they uh, write up a very brief paper and they are assigned, for example, if they have an electronic thing, they get a number. If, uh, depending on if they got there first, they get number one and sure. two and three, so on and so forth. It's very low key. Yeah. Very low key. Or maybe the sewing people have their own line. Depends on what you're doing, right? No, the line, there's yeah. never a line. We do have chairs where people wait, and yeah. that's why we assign some numbers. And uh, in the past, we had people that brought like a whole suitcase full of things to be fixed, to be <laughs> mended. So now um, we're being a little more. Um, careful and what we do is if people have several things to be fixed it's not that they can't do it but they have to get back in line so other people that are waiting have a chance sure. to have something repaired as well and they're always amazed to see how things get fixed you know and they get a second life after that it's very and you neat. know there's a lot of people there and four hours goes pretty fast once you get going oh yeah it yeah. does yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. Especially now, this whole idea started in Europe, right? This has been going on for a long time. And, uh, you know, some of the communities around here are still catching up on the idea of using their landfill more carefully, trying to preserve things to avoid, because we're so into disposal of everything these days. Um, yeah, it started in the Netherlands. Right. Um, a few years before we started it here. We started in the fall of 2014. And there was a pause during the pandemic. Indeed. Um, but we're back in action. And um, yes, it is to bring it is to bring about the thinking that we can keep using items if we repair them instead of tossing them out. You know, there's a benefit to that. Well, you know, one of the things that's happened in our communities is these old repair shops have disappeared. And except for these opportunities, like a repair cafe, people will still throw stuff away because you're helping them avoid that. And this is four times a year, so it's really nice. This happens to be April 8th to Saturday from 10 to 2 here in Willimantic. And in case you've joined us on the radio, we're talking today with Rita Kornblum and Virginia Walton, uh, working with the town of Mansfield on this event. But you're involved with a lot of other activities here to work with the environment and trying to conserve. Can you talk about the other work you do while we have some time? Um, sure. Well, the whole idea of repair is, is about waste prevention. And there on all metrics, waste prevention is a winner. 
So washable items, for instance, if you're having a party, if I'm having a party and I opt to wash dishes instead of having disposable stuff for food service, it's a win for ever, you know, for water use, for greenhouse gas emissions, for resource extraction, you know, even some people think, well, yeah, but if you're using a washable item, all that water you're using. Well, it takes a lot of water to make products. We don't see that. That's all the preparation. You're right. But in the manufacturing and, and, the, and the mining of materials, there's a lot of energy, greenhouse gas emissions, resources used, electricity, pollution that's created. We see none of that. You know, it's invisible to us consumers. So to to use washable items is a huge win for the environment and for all of us. You know, uh, greenhouse gas emissions is it's significant. So recycling is good, but not nearly as good as reuse. So, um, so the repair cafe comes in line with that whole thinking that we want to prevent waste. We don't want to make it in the first place. So a way of doing that is repair items, is have reusable items in our life, buy things that are durable and can be repaired. You know, in some states like Massachusetts, I know they've been working on a right to repair law. Um, I don't know whether it's passed. I'm huh. not up to date on that. Right to repair, huh? Yeah, for, for certain products like electronics, um, even automobiles to do home repairs. So, uh, because a lot of these items, you can't get the, inf if you're a tinkerer, if you fix things, you can't get the information about the product. It's like um, considered proprietary, <laughs> even if you own that item. So, right to repair laws are trying to open that up so there can be an opportunity to repair and reuse. Yeah. I actually want to mention that this month there is a, a pilot project going on at the Mansfield uh, transfer station. We have a member of the Solid Waste Advisory Committee who's also very good dealing with electronics. So he's going to be there every Saturday looking at um, electronic things that people bring that sometimes just need a little tweak and they're ready Fixer to be reused, wire. correct. Right, right. And because he's knowledgeable in this area, he'll be able to judge if that can receive that tweak and then be put to good use again. Um, so there will be a table, right, as people come in with electronic things and he'll take a look and that again, if it can be reused, that doesn't go into the, uh, you know, the uh, disposable bins, right. but it will probably go to a household where people are not in a position to buy, for example, a boombox or something else that mm -hmm. uh, would be being, you know, sever disposed by someone. So uh, this is for the month of April. We're going to see how it goes. And then hopefully, if we have good success with that, maybe that could be a feature that will be permanent at the, um, at the transfer station. You know, I wonder something. I know you two are very active in Mansfield trying to figure out town issues, but how often do towns share with neighboring towns ideas or any resources to kind of regionally think about things? 
Uh, does that happen a lot, or you're really focused on the town, and that's how each town is kind of its own place? I wondered about that. Um, well, there is Sustainable CT, which is a program for all municipalities in Connecticut to look at how, they're, how they approach business within the town, and their, their definition of sustainability is very broad. You know, it includes being economically sustainable. So are your businesses, are you able to retain businesses in your town? You know, arts and culture. Do you have a vibrant community of artists in your, in your town? Um, is it equitable? You know, are you, are you reaching out to those that may not necessarily be uh, there at town meetings or on serving on a committee? Mm -hmm. Are you reaching out to, to member, all members of the community and weighing in on uh, what their needs are as well? Um, so, aside from the other sustainability things that you might think of, green power, energy efficiency, recycling, composting. So, um, it's very broad, but the, uh, Sustainable CT puts an emphasis on regional efforts. And uh, most towns, as a town employee, I can tell you most towns do not work together regionally because our focus is on our town. Sure, your and residents, your taxpayers using your revenues, I understand. Yeah, yeah but there there are some regional efforts, but it, it's um, mm -hmm. sustainable CT kind of is helping to usher more regional effort into the mix. Right. And, yeah. So we have a few more minutes to go, though, with, uh, with Ginny and Rita. You have a couple of other events you might have want, want to you know, yeah. Notice? Go ahead. During the month of April, we're also paying attention to a lot of the debris that people throw out their car windows and goes right into the road. It's amazing. <clears throat> I know what yes, you mean. It, yeah, is. it is. And uh, so it's called. We're, we, the Solid Waste Advisory Committee, um, has uh, decided that instead of just doing one week during the month of April, which is going to also have Earth Day. We're going to have April as the rid litter uh, effort. So uh, we encourage people to maybe adopt a piece of the, the road near where they live, and they can bring a bag, you know, just a paper bag or whatever they want to bring. And uh, if they want to, they can wear gloves and pick up the debris, including the little nips, you know, yep. which right now um, Connecticut gets five cents, right, for each nip that is thrown out the window. That's a new change, too. <laughs> that's a new change. Yeah, that's purchased. And so wherever it's purchased, that nickel goes back to the municipality. Right. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So all that junk in the road can really be nicely collected. Yeah. Absolutely. And then for those that choose to do that, they can bring it to the transfer station, and uh, that would be at no cost, or they can leave it with their, if they have garbage pickup, they can leave it with their garbage, and it would be picked up that way during the month of April. So that's the rid litter month that we are doing. And uh, I forgot the date, Jenny, but we're also doing something with the uh, Mansfield Community Center. 
Yeah, Earth Day is April 22nd every year. That's right. And April 22nd happens to be on Saturday this year. So uh, the community center is celebrating Earth Day, and it's also um, a family fun event. They have family fun events. So there's a variety of things going on from... Uh, throughout the day, but from 1230 to 3, there will be a few tables outside of the community center, uh, one of which will be um, the Mansfield Elementary School Eco Action Team will be there to help with uh, recycle sort. So if somebody has a question, does that get recycled or doesn't it? They're going to help. With Trash that. or recycling, right? Yeah. Those are the questions. Yeah, good, yeah. Good. And composting. They'll also have mm-hmm. a, a compost sort. Um, and then uh, SWAC, the Solid Waste Advisory Committee, is having a teddy bear clinic. Yep. So bring your favorite stuffed toy that might be in need of repair. And the doctor, in the form of Rita, will be in. <laughs> Um, you saved a few last time around. I have, I have. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And one of them was a whale, a blue whale. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, the nice thing too was that this um, um, young man who brought the whale, not only he wanted to be have it repaired, but also he wanted to learn how to do it. And I oh. loved it, so I gave him a needle, and uh, he did one area, I did another, and uh, it was very nice. It was very nice. And then there was another younger child that said, you know, my grandma gave me this, but it's falling apart. And I said, we'll take care of it. No problem. (laughs) Yeah, wasn't that the one with the dog? The dog that chewed on it? Yes. Yeah, it was a monkey, right? One of the monkeys, sock Uh monkeys. Yeah. (laughs) Some animals were harmed, in fact, (laughs) in the case of that story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that would be a lot of fun. And uh, it's, uh, you know, when we advertise the... um, you know, the children do bring their their uh, stuffed animals, and uh, we get them repaired. <laughs> so once again, the main story today, while we have Rita and Ginny here with us, is the Repair Cafe is Saturday, April 8th from 10 to 2 at the uh, Congregational Church in downtown Willie on Valley Street. Uh, is there any Facebook or any place people could learn more about what you're doing between the cafes? Because you'll do one yes. in three more months, right? Go ahead. Yes, there's a Facebook page, there you and go. it's um, repair. It's Willimantic Repair Cafe. Oh, there you go. That's Facebook. too easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Willimantic Repair Cafe on Facebook. Yeah. Pictures from the past and videos and yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. So yeah. a lot of volunteers making this work, including you and all the repairs. Everybody does it there as a volunteer to help the community and to enjoy a really nice day. So thank you for the good work you do all year long. And there are many towns out there all around us trying to do variations of this, to do more with what we have. That's the whole idea. So the Repair Cafe is one good example. I wish you a great success on Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll take a short break right now and come back and take a look at the Arts at Eastern and theater and an upcoming performance. Stay with us. Okay, folks, we're back for the second part of the show today on the home front. We're glad to have you with us. Our programs are on YouTube. WILI has a YouTube radio channel, so you can catch all the 5 o'clock shows. If you miss us here live on Wednesdays at 5, we're on the AM 1400 and 95.3 FM locally here in Willimantic. But we also have links for our guests to get a way to share their stories on all of their media channels as well. 
And uh, for this week, we're going to take a look once again at the arts program in Eastern. There's a fantastic theater program going on, and they have a performance with an opening on April 20th of the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. And we have the director with us today with three cast members to talk about the performances, how they put it all together. And we'll talk about the theater program at Eastern, which is really on a curve of growth after this new building was opened just a few years ago. To my right, I'm very happy to have uh, Tim Golubuski with us. He's a, a lighting a tech specialist, and he's also the director of the program here for the show. Welcome to the studio again. Thank you. Thank you. And also, we have three cast members uh, that are sitting right next to there. That we have Jillian Martin, we have uh, Ali Sautel, and and also Kyle Tinker Palaya. Is that right, Palaya? Palaya. Palaya. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we got that down. So anyway, thank you for being here. It's great to have theater people here in the house. Can you talk about the show? And first of all, out of all the choices, what made you draw for this one compared to other things you could have done? And we'll start with that. Why did you pick the the whole spelling bee story? All right. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll hit that one. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Uh, okay. This last summer, we had decided that we wanted to do a musical. We hadn't done one for five years, in part because of COVID. That's right. Right? Uh, because musicians and the number of cast generally involved, that's it's kind of a nightmare for COVID. And, um, Indeed. And, we had, and it struck me that we had been just coming out of such a hard time, right, as a people, not as a school necessarily, but as a community. Um, that why not pick a school that uh, a show that literally draws people together well figuratively it's about communities supporting each other um literally we bring the audience on stage several audience members come on stage and the show's different every night and it's hysterical it's um really sweet it's uh the, my central idea is you know words are like communities letters are like people we come together and we make you know meaning um i just wanted to make people happy and welcome willimantic into the building you know um literally put on a show that um i thought we could welcome um the greater community in People are still learning about the facilities that are just eye-popping. If you have not been to the larger theater or the proscenium theater, what a great space to work in. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll be in the proscenium. That's right. Yeah. And uh, it's a um, it's pretty state-of-the-art, and we're taking advantage of it with um, projections technology and really intelligent lighting. Oh, yeah. In fact, a bunch of people sitting here not only are in the cast, but work on various crews oh, yes. for... Mm -hmm. um, and know the tech, um, but we're really blessed. We have the facilities of a, um, a large regional theater, something like a Hartford stage. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I have to really commend Kristen Morgan and the crew that worked on The Nether, which was the previous production. Talk about a beautiful projection. You created this whole environment on the set with lighting and depth and sound and textures. It was really nice technology and storytelling. You know, people jumping in and out of each other's heads is kind of trippy stuff. And they use the set very well to convey that. Yeah. Uh, so let's take a minute and talk about your staging and how you blocked it out and how you decided to tell the story of this crazy contest and what follows. All right, well, um, you wanna? Yeah, sure. I think um, something that's really 
unique to this show is the involvement of audience members. So not only do we have to traditionally block like we normally would in any straight play or musical, but we also have to be aware that there will be four people on the stage and almost for a good portion of the show and they don't know what's going on. <laughs> and that is a really crazy factor to experience. Just last night we had the our first experience of audience member volunteers. Oh, there you go. And mm -hmm. it really just it makes the production it gives it a different degree of like life well i've been to the theater so i'm going to close my eyes and without giving away surprises can you tell me how you rope people in to get up there and how it comes to be that i might participate or am i blowing a surprise no i, I, I... it's consensual <laughs> <laughs> okay so yes. no animals are harmed no, no animals are harmed. if you come to the show and you are like i do not want to go on stage, you will be fine. We yeah. will not force anyone on stage who yeah. is not comfortable with that. Of course, of but course. We will pre-select you and you'll you'll know uh, a little bit beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to oh, uh, no, I was just going to say we yeah. actually um uh, uh Sheila Rojob, our um events coordinator and publicity person yes. and I have met at great length to try to come up with a way to not just have people on stage but have them be comfortable mm -hmm. so that we're able to um pick people who want to have that experience sure so um first of all when people um uh go online or call the box office for tickets um especially online there's a questionnaire you're linked to a questionnaire that asks you if you're interested oh cool and, and uh, same thing uh if you would call in for tickets and then secondly, if somehow you missed that, um, when you were there, um, we're actually printing out bee stickers that you can pop on and let people know that you're willing. And um, some nice. of our uh, student assistant directors have been lucky to have two really great student assistant directors. will also canvas the audience along with one of our stagehands um, as they're coming into the theater and say, um, basically, hey, do you like spelling? And, and then ask some questions um, of them. And uh, then we convey the information backstage to the capable hands of Allison and um, her castmate Finn, who plays one of the other presenters. Right. And, um, and then these folks, uh, Kyle and Jillian and the rest of the spellers, take really good care of them. So we've, when we've been staging this, it's been a lot about like, okay, let's shepherd these folks. Let's never let them feel scared. And let's make sure that they know that we're always kind, never mean. So are they improvising their role in the contest? So they're kind of part of the show that way? This sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, they're, 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 they're improvising to an extent because there's, you know, all the, um, the rest of the shenanigans that are going on on yes. stage. Um, uh, we know that they might feel a little like we're just being dropped into the middle of everything mm -hmm. but our goal is to just um create uh the fun environment so that they're they're encouraged to just let loose and you know be, oh yeah yeah be whatever kind of speller they want to be i think that my best description of it would be <laughs> to like be in a dream and completely <laughs> aware of everything that's going on but 
the other people, your your little people that you're dreaming about, they don't know that you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's like the show's script is so unusual. It's different from any script that I've ever worked with in Fun. that um, there is an order of things that we have to hit to tell the story of the group that is on stage but kind um, of their narrative whatever it their is their narrative right? they're right, all right. their story arcs and it's yeah. a shockingly touching play um for something that has some really daffy daffy jokes um but the um it's set up with suggested breaks in the yeah. script and it's like if you're deaf we start off with four spellers and um and it's like oh you're ideally you have three at this point ideally you have one at this point we know when we have to get the last speller out so that the story can happen but there is so much leeway and um as we discovered last night when some, our volunteer spellers got up and decided to join us for a chunk of choreography mm. um, yeah. a lot of things could happen yeah <laughs> so that's the fun every night is different every yeah. night is super the chemistry different. could be totally different yeah, yeah chemistry the spelling words some of the bits there are parts of the script where we've just played around and not even set them aside from what point b is so it's super different every single night mm -hmm. So in case you've joined us, we're talking about performances of the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. It opens April 20th at 5.30 with a special event, April 21st, 22nd, and 27th, 28th, and 29th. Uh, and it's all at the Proscenium Theater right on the campus here at Eastern. So before we were talking about some of the staging and the music, and we didn't quite finish that, with the kind of a story you have, can you talk about how you're trying to use your technology and your sound to add to the environment of the game, the space. Sure. I'm, well, I'm also advising the student lighting designer. I'm sorry to talk so much. Sure. Um, it, it's a senior project. Uh, so in terms of lighting up there, we have this crazy amount of intelligent lights and um, LED technology. Uh, the light plot has something like 150 instruments in it. And, I think uh, Sam, Sam, Sam Orovitz, who's the lighting designer, has talked about 300 and some cues at this point. There's six moving wow. lights like you get at a rock concert. And wow. um, then Kristen Morgan, who directed The Nether, That's and right. designed the set here and the projections. Um, it's not a show that normally utilizes projections, but we're using them to add to the fun this time it's very cheeky um how we use the projections and in fact early on there's a um a gag um about uh, us being in a high-tech gymnasium essentially um and uh and it's very different from the nether yeah it's very but three um five projectors and um three surfaces yeah yeah plus it's one of the Nether had been our largest post-pandemic set. This is larger yeah. than that. Wow. Yeah, so poor Jason Wadecki, our technical director. The stage would be really full. stage would be pretty packed. Yeah. She's yeah. going to be full. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I'm going to ask uh, Allie a question. As a senior, congratulations. You're making it through the, through the tunnel on the other side. You're almost there. Yes, so congratulations. You. <laughs> You're smiling big right now. Uh, from when you came in as a freshman starting out as your first year, what are some of the biggest changes that you experienced in the art journey you had in terms of the different courses and 
how you figured out a path for yourself out of all the possible choices you had? Well, I think that it was not anything I could have ever expected, you know? <laughs> I You always go into something, i.e. college, with the expectation of I will do this, this, and this, and then you start doing it, and you find different passions and different things that you would have never even expected to like. So I came in like, I am an actor. I, I don't dance well. I don't do this well. And that's what I'll do. And then... Did you do some in high school? Did you do a little bit in high school? Yeah. I, okay. I was in you like... You brought that with you. My drama club productions. So... Nice. I went in like, not knowing how much I could really grow. And I'm really surprised with myself. And I think that anyone going into college can really hopefully look back and see how much they've grown. Especially now, since like going through COVID and not oh, having yeah. a musical for four years. Yeah. And finally being a part of it and being like, wow, it's, it would have been so different if I was a sophomore or freshman when this had happened. So I'm really grateful. Yeah. Mm. Nice. That's so cute. <laughs> now, for Kyle and uh, for Jillian, you're on the uh, kind of on the other side for second year. Mm -hmm. What is your sense of the school and how it's helping you find your way now? When you have a few more years ahead of you, what kind of thoughts do you have about technology and the kind of technical things you want to learn that are going to help you prepare for work in the field in some way? It could be management, it could be performance, it could be staffing technology, right? You're experimenting in all those things right now. So how does that work for you? You want to hit that first? Oh, or I, I, I don't care. All right, I got that. I, <laughs> I, I talk about, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I said, I'm um, I'm a junior right now, but I have, I've planned it out, so I'll be taking um, nine semesters just with how the spacing mm -hmm. like worked out. Um, and yeah, I didn't come into, I didn't come into Eastern expecting to join the theater program because I did a whole bunch in high school and I kind of just... Like, I, I loved it, and I knew I loved it, but I kind of just wanted to, I guess I wanted to leave it at the door, kind of, which was, you know, the wrong choice, as I, as I came to find out. Um, yeah, theater is my third major at this point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I... Um, That's wonderful, I, though. You find your way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Eastern's such Eastern is so... Um, it's so accessible to people who haven't found their way yet, and it's so, like, there's, there's a lot of... Um, Student, students are encouraged to explore outside their comfort zones in, in any program, really. Um, and I guess for me, that was um, taking theater even further than I took it in high school. Um, so, yeah, I, I have two concentrations. Everyone at the theater program at Eastern picks a concentration. So I um, am doubling in acting and then also the design technology management side of things. And most of the classes that I've taken here are so good at... Um, bringing in like real world applications for this like how to like how like in like in my acting classes I've, i took an acting class that was just about how to like build a resume and, and websites and how to get auditions and things like that and then in the technology classes that i've taken um like i've taken light uh lighting technology um and technical theater like stagecraft um it's it's teaching like skills that you can easily just transfer to any um any discipline not necessarily mm -hmm. the, like actually right before this i was just in um yeah. uh computer computer-aided drafting there you go. Um, class yeah. taught by tim 
Um, and we were, uh, and yeah, that, that skill, that's something that you can, you can put that on a resume and go to anybody and say like, Hey, I know how to use this program. Yeah. Cause you're yeah. telling stories and any kind of work you do, you're telling exactly. stories. Yeah, in yeah, some yeah. Way. yeah. Your package information is a story. Right. Yeah. Right. right. In the form of lights or, you know, anything. Really. Sound in the case yeah. of sound images. Yeah. And so Julian, how about for you? Um, well, You're smiling a lot, by the way. You look, <laughs> that's good. That's I, I just—it's my personality. Um, it's well, it's kind of interesting for me because I came from a high school that didn't have an arts program, so all my theater was community-based theater, where I didn't have any opportunities to do anything other than like you pay money, you audition, you're in the show type thing. Like that—that that was basically <laughs> it. So like, right. I didn't really have any opportunities. I was never properly like taught anything. Like taught how to sing, taught how to act. Like we never did any of that. It was simply just do it and like mm -hmm. do it type thing. Like we didn't choose our own audition monologues. They gave us stuff to do. Yeah. So coming to Eastern, I was so caught off guard by how different everything was. Like my theater didn't even have a stage manager and the stage manager who calls all the cues. And I'm like, what's a stage manager? Like I didn't know right. any of it, wow. but I knew that I wanted to still like major. I knew that I still wanted to like do a lot of the tech stuff. Yeah, beginner's so, mind, right? Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. well, you know, I'm just a clean slate. Throw me wherever, I'll learn how to do something basically. So I was able to get involved in lighting work with Tim like right away because I was taking a class of his and he was like, hey, extra credit, do some lighting <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, okay, signed up. And I've now done like 70 hours worth of it because I just really love doing it and it's just really, really fun. Like <laughs> next semester I'm taking like sound and projections and like stuff all at the same time i'm just trying to take like classes of everything to really just like open up my horizons in a way and i feel like eastern's really great at that because i can do that so much and i can learn so much and just like take in all this information and sit with it and go okay now where now what do i do like where do i go now type thing so i think that that's pretty cool that i just like can do that and just mess around experiment have fun do whatever i want i can audition for a show and be in a show even though i'm a design concentration i can sure. do that do this you know it's kind of just choose your own way do whatever you yeah. want like pick yeah. your own adventure like one of those yeah. it's like you pick your own adventure <laughs> app yeah <laughs> you're kind of making as many of your own connections as you can right yeah. for your own path mm -hmm. and uh, maybe we could ask tim how how do faculty do the same thing at your level with collaboration or crossing academic lines between course content and assignments versus applying things, uh, you know, between colleagues, that kind of stuff. Oh, between colleagues. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, so, I mean, it's a kind of a, a theater program is kind of a unique thing, right? Because not only um, any academic program, you're it's like um, going to a never-ending Thanksgiving dinner, right? Because as soon as folks are tenured, you know, you're like... All right, yeah, we're here through dessert. Um, but in the theater program, um, we regularly collaborate in different combinations because it's a field with so many different specialties. You know, someone's um, graduate degree may be in only costumes. Someone's graduate degree may be uh, in just scenery or sound or, or direction or acting. Um, one of the things, and then we have to get together, you know, we have to get together and play, or maybe it's a dance concert or, or something like that. Um, but we're kind of blessed as a faculty um, to have a few folks who have cross-pollinated over their professional careers or their academic careers. So I've been blessed to have a grad in directing and a grad in set design, which is a really weird combo. 
um, and then play with video design and lighting design. Um, so we, um, just the fact that I got to um, collaborate with Kristen Morgan, who her grad degree is in set design. That's right. Right? And we got to play together in unusual combinations. It's, um, and unusual projects. We have a lot of folks now that we've added film to the program, right? Uh, Brian Day, who teaches film. Yeah. We've started to really play around with this blurring of live performance and, and video technology. And thank God we have the tech to back it well, up. Well, the Nether had some of that going on. Some of that going on, yeah. 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 Um, so um, not only do we stay active um, professionally, I think that's really important so that we can relay that knowledge to students. But, um, yeah, it's um, sure there's the Thanksgiving dinner, but it's sort of like there's a play break for us four times a year. And uh, you get to choose your playmates. Sorry, that's like so many mixed metaphors. But, yeah. <laughs> it works for me, though. You know, you know, yeah. and, and the, the different combinations of ideas and experiences, it keeps it, it's never boring. It's never boring. How about the cultural connections you have trying to connect across all these different lines of difference that people find out that these differences are just different ways to connect? And what seems to be a difference really is just a variation of something in many cases. And that gets psychologically slippery between characters and roles and how you help each other with mistakes and how to learn. How are you integrating that process between your classwork to do well in the program and like, in, like you said, stretch yourself into areas that you're kind of, it's outside of the class, but it's part of the class and you have to work it out with others. It's not just you in a vacuum reading a book. You have to use it. And it's kind of hard to put that in words the right way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I didn't do a good yeah, job, yeah. so you saved me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll talk about how um, it's kind of nice. There's kind of, there kind of is like the core group of like, 10, 15 of us that real that do a lot of, um, like I'll I'll talk uh, for for lighting specifically. There's a, a core group of about ten of us that go to a lot of the lighting calls and do a lot of the electrician work. Um, but then we also, a lot of us are, um, in classes together either for lighting or for uh, or for other areas of theater. Um, so like we we see each other in class and then after class and then we've got. We've got homework. We've got lighting calls. It, it 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 all it all kind of blends together. Like there's not really, like in in a in a good way. Like yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. There's, yeah, there's not really. Um, I don't really like in in my head. I don't separate like oh I have a class where I sit down and do this versus okay now I have an like an hour like I have an hour class and then later I have an hour lighting call. Like it's all, they're all they're all they're all learning experiences. Mm -hmm. They're just in different formats kind mm -hmm. of, and you That's see right. you see different people. Um, at each event but yeah i will say it's cool one of the nice things about doing the musical is that um we've brought in non there are several non-majors involved mm -hmm. that we wouldn't see in our building otherwise right you mentioned that also with some of the casting for the nether people were in that were kind of new to the whole thing mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so not only welcoming an audience that's different but playing with our friends that don't always um, live in our building. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, th I think it's great. And I, I think storytelling on stage is all about, um, when you boil it down, difference and how people either navigate those um, 
those differences or do not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, depending on the genre. In this case, it's the navigate differences yeah. and support each other. But yeah. yeah. That's a historic classic space that goes way, way back. Way back. Way back indeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have a thought about that, too, for how it plays for you? Looking back on your time, you've had you know a few years now. You're ready to move to the next steps, whatever they're going to be for you. What do you take with you? Um, I think Eastern does a great job, especially in the acting and movement classes of creating a community. J.J. Um, Cobb, the acting professor, in her syllabus every year, in big bold letters, is theater is community. <laughs> <laughs> and at first, like freshman year, I was like, oh, okay. And like, it's, it's true though. Um, it's really great how collaborative the whole performance process is. There's nothing quite like that that I've experienced I mean going through COVID and everything where everyone is so separate oh sure yeah. it's so refreshing to be back in a space where everyone is a community with a common goal and I think that's one of the most uh, one of the things that brings people together in theater is that you all you all have to work together despite yeah. any differences you might have oh yeah the show yeah. must go on it's a true collective that's right mm. yeah yeah, yeah. That's everybody's right. just so like supportive of each other and they're always there for each yeah. other like they help about yeah. everything like the the people who i was in a class with last semester i'm no longer in classes with but we'll still run into each other say hi get lunch together that's, nice. like, that's right we all like like we're all going to each other's shows we're all supporting them we're all encouraging them it's a constant working together it's a constant bouncing ideas off each other it's a constant like give and take when it comes to just creating stuff and yeah the the, the the peer the peer support in the department is insane and it's it's yes. so it's so nice yeah mm -hmm. like, like I'll, I'll i'll be talking to people like i'm i'm at the point um in my like at my point in college where i'm starting to move into lead, like some smaller tech leadership positions and then eventually you know like w working my way up the ladder but I have some friends who have already held some leadership positions and I have some friends who are a little um, further like towards the beginning of their path but like I can just go to I can go to them and be like hey I'm starting this this and this project next year and they'll be like, oh I did something similar to that last year uh -huh. I can help you out with that um, or in like my friends who um, are in the acting concentration. I'll be, I'll be like, hey, what's your plans for next year? Are you doing this, this, and this? I'll be like, oh, I'm auditioning for these shows here, and then I have an internship lined up outside, um, outside of school, and that's like, oh, that's great. And then we'll like, we can exchange resumes and like, work on that oh. together. And like, they'll, um, if they have like, I've had some friends who have taken some workshops um, at other like programs and festivals, and they like can forward yeah. that information, things like. It, it's so, it's so helpful to have like a, a such a strong network um this early on in our professional careers oh, yeah. because it's like in theater especially and just ent entertainment it's so much about it so much of it is who you know and like what <laughs> and like yeah. can and true. the connections you can have with those people and it's so it's great to have that so early and you know because you're you're working with your own skin it's so intimate and personal that you're putting yourself out in a way that other kinds of work do not mm -hmm. they have their risks but not at the level that you're working at with the body and the mind together so this is really great to see you learning this now this is a lifelong journey you're mapping it out now before you even leave the place which is great to see the faculty love that because when you leave after four years they know well you got the keys to the car and you're going to go for a ride <laughs> exactly yeah you're going to go for a ride right? right that's it so let's close out i've got a couple of minutes that i want to mention again the 25th annual putnam county spelling bee opens april 20th 
April 20th to the 23rd and the 27th to the 30th evenings at 7.30. Uh, there'll be 4 p.m. Uh, matinees at 23rd and 30th. Call the box office and let Sheila know that you want to perform and get in the cast. <laughs> yes. Please. Load Do it, it up, okay? Be crazy with them. Yeah. You want to call 456-5123, right? The box office? That is correct. 456-5123. Uh, that's for the show anytime. Or use email theaterboxoffice at easternct.edu. If you want to get involved, they'd love to have you join the cast. Check it out. It'd be a lot of fun. And I wish you a great success. I look forward to seeing the work you do next year, Tim, as well. Bless you. Thank you for having us on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Carry yourself. It's really great to have you here. All righty. Well, that's it for this week here on The Home Front. We'll see you next week for another edition. Until then, we'll see you. Take care.